0: We want to study torah together today let's pray blessed are you lord our god king of the universe who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of torah i want to talk to you this morning about the way that opportunities are connected to spiritual warfare. When God gives you opportunities, these will often be accompanied by challenges. In fact, some of the best opportunities in life are accompanied by the most difficult challenges possible. These opportunities don't necessarily come easily, but it's worth facing the challenges. And that's one of the reasons why we need hope and why we need courage, and why we need faith. Because without hope, without courage, without faith, we may be swayed by negative emotions and just give up, or give in, or run away, or even just feel sorry for yourself. And I think that we need to learn to fight for the opportunities that the Lord gives us, and we can learn to draw close to God when we take those opportunities. Now, some people have great talent in an area or they have talent that can be developed, but when they're young, they see that they have more talent than the other, pe- the other kids around them. And so they think that they don't need to do anything else because they've got talent. And yet they're comparing themselves to others in their age group who aren't developed. They're not comparing themselves to the best of the best or the strongest or the more mature and so forth. And so when people are young, if they learn to develop not just their talents, but to to practice, to work hard, to be diligent, to strengthen what's already strong in them, and then to learn even how to strengthen what's not yet developed, In them it will be better for them in the long run they will be able to grow up so moms and dads grandparents I want to encourage you to be an example to your children to be a person who always is wanting to grow who's wanting to learn who's wanting to develop and show show your family that you are willing to pay the price to develop, because there is a price to pay. Not everything comes easy in life. How many can confirm that? And sometimes the hardest things that you have to go through are because you prayed for something and God answered you and brought you into it. And because you're into it now, you've got to grow. Sometimes people pray for a job. They get the job. And then once they get the job, they say, oh man, there's so much to learn. Exactly. Everything we do that moves us forward is going to require something of us. So I think we need to learn to fight for the opportunities that the Lord gives us. And we need to learn to draw close to the Lord when we take those opportunities. And I think that this is why the Lord spoke to Moses in the specific way that He did, as we read this week in Exodus six. The name of the parsha, the Torah portion, gives us a focal point. It's Vaera, I appeared. Let's say that in Hebrew, Vaera, and then in English, I appeared. I appeared, because it's about the Lord appearing. You can turn to Exodus chapter six, verses. 2 through 12, we'll read those and look at them carefully. Starting in verse 2, and God spoke to Moses. I want to stop right there. God spoke to Moses. One of the things that's distinct about the people of God is that we hear from the Lord. And if anybody asks you, do you hear voices? maybe not voices, but the Lord can speak to you. Whether it's through an audible voice or into your spirit, for every natural sense that you have, there is a corresponding spiritual sense. So you can have physical ears, but you have spiritual ears as well. The Lord spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. Now I want you to think a little bit about this. Moses in Revelation chapter 15, verse three, is called the servant of God. And he served the Lord wholeheartedly. So what we're reading now in Exodus helps us see how Moses came to serve the Lord, because there's a story to it, and how he actually did serve the Lord. But the passage is not only about Moses, it's even more about the Lord and how the Lord worked in Moses' life and how the Lord worked on behalf of Israel. And that's why God speaks to Moses and starts with the statement, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. It's all about the Lord. And it's about what the Lord is doing. And when God gives you an opportunity, like he's giving Moses an opportunity, don't just make yourself the center of your own attention. Keep your eyes, your spiritual eyes, on the Lord. Hebrews Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 speaks to that. It says, Let us run with endurance. Say these words with me. With endurance. With endurance. I could barely hear you. And my hearing's pretty good. With endurance. With endurance. Let's run with endurance the race that's set before us, fixing our eyes on Yeshua, the author and the perfecter of faith. So, if you like the person you're sitting next to, just tell them the truth. You will need endurance. You will need endurance. You will need endurance. You'll need endurance to run this race because it's not a sprint. And we will need to stay connected with Yeshua. And that's why the writer says, keep your eyes fixed on Yeshua. And how do you do that? I'll give you some simple things. One, read scriptures about Yeshua. Both in the Tanakh and in the writings of the apostles, the Brit Chadashah. And meditate also on the words that he spoke that are recorded in the scriptures. And I wanna encourage you also to pray in the name of Yeshua. And it's not just a way that you close out your prayers, but it's connected to our relationship because Yeshua said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can ask what you desire. You can ask the things that are in your heart and it will be done for you. And by this, my Father is glorified so that you bear much fruit. So there's an abiding in him and asking in his name, which means asking according to his will. So we have to fellowship with him. We have to learn from him in order to know what his will is. Have you ever prayed to the Lord and you even ended your prayer in the name of Yeshua or in the name of Jesus, and then the Lord answered you with a no? Am I the only one who's gotten no's from the Lord? Listen, if you've never gotten a no, you haven't prayed very much. The Scriptures are filled with moments when people of God were praying and the Lord said, no, or not now. Have you ever tried to convince the Lord that the perfect timing is already now? And then he says, wait. Wait. Or have you ever made the mistake of praying for patience? I I say that because usually when we pray for patience, it's when we are impatient and we are waiting longer than we think we should or have the capacity to. And so we're asking, Lord, give me patience. But it's a mistake to pray for patience like it's a gift. It's not a gift. It's fruit. Gifts can come to you just like that. Fruit cannot. Fruit takes time and the right circumstance to develop. So when you pray for patience, you know what you're actually praying for? You're praying for circumstances that are going to take longer to unfold. You're praying for challenges. (laughs) That's why I say some of you made the mistake. It's like, oh, if I knew praying for patience would mean that, I never would have prayed. And you might never have gotten patience. But the Lord loves you enough that he will develop the fruit of the Spirit, not just the gifts, not just the things that can come instantly or easily, but the things that have to be developed and nurtured, that take time. When you pray like this, when you keep your eyes on Yeshua... The Lord will strengthen and perfect your faith so that you can keep going, so that you don't give up. Let's continue in Exodus chapter 6, verse 3. The Lord said, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name the Lord, Hashem, I was not known to them. And so the Lord is saying, I am God Almighty, and I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in this way. They didn't know me as the covenant-keeping God who fulfills the covenants. They knew me according to my might. But more than anything, the Lord is connecting something for Moses. It's like this. It's like the Lord is saying, what you're doing now, Moses, is connected to what the patriarchs experienced what did they experience? The Lord says, I appeared to them. So the faith that has been handed down from generation to generation, from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Moses to us, is a faith that is based on God appearing to people. That's what the Lord is saying to Moses. And he's calling Moses into belonging to his people. Remember that Moses was raised in an Egyptian family and household. He was was mothered by the daughter of Pharaoh. She wasn't his birth mother, but she raised him, and he spent 40 years in the house of Pharaoh, in the house of the daughter of Pharaoh, raised as an Egyptian But he wasn't an Egyptian, but he was raised as an Egyptian. And then he spent 40 years in Midian, in a whole other circumstance. But the Lord was calling him to his own people. And some of you can identify with that, because you were raised in one sense of identity or in one culture or in one place and then you found out something that your parents had not disclosed to you or their parents had not disclosed to you that you actually were Jewish and some of you are going through that experience of recovery and trying to deal with it it's not always good news Because when you discover that you are Jewish, then you have to deal with the question, am I going to embrace it? And Moses had to deal with that. Moses had to decide, was he going to be Egyptian? Was he going to be Midianite? Or was he going to be of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Was he going to be one of the children of Israel? And it's not just about blood, because he had the blood. But he didn't have the experience. He didn't have the sense of identity. He didn't have the nurturing and, and the constant exposure. He's got to decide. Is he going to line his life up willingly with his people? So verse 4 now, the Lord continues to Moses and he says, I've also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. I think this is very interesting because of, well, a simple fact. That this covenant that God makes with the children of Israel includes a land inheritance. And it is, to this day, a contentious issue. How many can confirm that? Wouldn't it be nice if we could just open up these scriptures right now to a few of those who are enemies of Israel, and they would look at them and say, Oh, I didn't know that the Lord gave it to you. Okay, that changes everything for us. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, we're not yet there. But it's important to know that the Lord says, this is my covenant. I established it, the Lord is saying, and we know that the Lord initiated it and the Lord consummates it. And he wants Moses To embrace this aspect of the covenant and to say that the promised land of Israel, the land that was once known as Canaan, actually is the place that he ultimately belongs to and with. And then verse 5. The Lord says, I've also heard the groaning of the children of Israel whom the Egyptians keep in bondage and I have remembered my covenant. I think the Lord is speaking a powerful truth. He's hearing the groaning of the children of Israel. And sometimes the Lord waits until we call out to him when we're in trouble. There are a lot of people you can call out to. There are a lot of things you can do with your sense of trouble or what's stirring you or the anguish that you have but it's something special when you turn to God and you cry out to him in your trouble. And then when he answers you, he can lead you through that. So we may bear our troubles in different ways. It's important to call out to the Lord. And finally, Israel was calling out to the Lord and groaning to the Lord. We're going to groan in our lifetimes. How many can confirm that? The life of faith is not easy. And one of the reasons is we are in a spiritual battle and we are in a spiritual war. And there's no way to avoid this subject. The battle is tough. And that's one of the reasons why we're groaning. And the Lord says, the Egyptians have enslaved you. But I want to tell you all of you, something that is important to know. God can be with you even when others are against you. God can be with us even when we're suffering at the hands of others. God can be with us even when others take away our rights or take away our property or treat us like we're slaves or actually enslave us. God can still be with us. In verse 6, Speaks of a turning point. I've heard the groaning that's come to me, and I'm remembering my covenant. My people are remembering my covenant. Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. So Moses is given some very specific instruction about how to talk to the children of Israel. And he's not to say, hey, I am Moses, everybody. Look at me. Trust in me. He's not to make himself the point of focus. And in some ways, he doesn't even have credibility to the children of Israel. However, the Lord says, you come to the children of Israel and you say, this is what the Lord says, I am the Lord. The Lord says, I am the Lord. So Moses is to point directly to God and to tell Israel to trust the Lord and to tell the children of Israel that the Lord says he'll bring you out. It's not that Moses will bring you out. The Lord says he will. That he will be your God. And then look at the result. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. So this is is how you'll personally know, the Lord says, that I am the Lord who brings you out. And Mishpacha, this is so important for us because when we go through difficulty ourselves, God uses the difficulty to build our relationship with him. You will know that I am the Lord who brings you out. It won't be theoretical. It won't be theological. It won't be a principle. It won't be an abstraction. It will be your personal experience. You will see that God brings you out, and you'll know the Lord that way. Have you ever been brought out of something difficult, and you knew the Lord got you out. Have you ever been spared? Your life was spared in a a life-threatening circumstance, and you were able to say afterwards, the Lord spared me. The Lord saved my life. There are a number of us in the room right now, many who are listening or watching online, who can confirm that they ought to be dead already, but they're not. Because the Lord saved their lives. And when this happens to you, just like the Lord said to Moses and to the children of Israel, when it happens to you, you learn something about God that he's able to bring you out. Some people don't know that God can still do this. And so they're stuck and they're despairing And they're despondent because they are thinking about their circumstances and they're turning inward and guided by their own normal and natural emotions. And that can keep the people in a condition where they miss opportunities God's giving. Verse 8. I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as an inheritance. I am the Lord. So the Lord says, I will do it. It's not just that it will happen, but the Lord says, I will do this. I will bring you into the land. You can't accomplish it on your own, but you still need to do some things. You need help from God. No matter how talented you are or how skilled or experienced or successful you have been, there are times when you will need help from God. And if you do all that you can on your own, you still won't be able to fulfill what's in front of you. You'll need his leadership. You will need his favor. You will need his timing. You will need his support. Verse 9, So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel, but they did not heed Moses because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. So Moses said all of this to the children of Israel, but they couldn't really take it in. They couldn't receive it because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. God was preparing an opportunity to go forward into freedom for the children of Israel, but their own emotional condition, their own spiritual condition, kept them focused on their circumstances. This is so important for us to see. They were surrendering to their circumstances instead of to the Lord, and their emotions were perfectly understandable because of the cruelty of slavery and because things had gotten harder. And so let's be clear for ourselves. Sometimes we have to rise above our own emotions in order to live as people of faith. That's why The psalmist said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Because his spirit man had to exercise authority over all of his emotions and everything else about him, all the ways that he thinks, and he had to focus on blessing the Lord. And he exercised that. Now, when we're in a similar condition, It may be a symptom that we're broken hearted. Yeshua came to bring good news to the broken hearted. And when you recognize that you're broken hearted, you can come to Yeshua and you can tell him the truth. You can say, I'm broken hearted. And he can do amazing things. He can encourage you. He can give you hope. He can heal things. He may tell you it's going to take a while to heal, but you'll see the progress step by step. But I want to tell you, this is part of the good news of Messiah, that with honesty we can come to the Lord when we're brokenhearted, and he will bind up the broken-hearted. You don't have to stay brokenhearted forever. Let's continue verse 10. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Go in, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spoke before the Lord, saying, The children of Israel have not heeded me. How then shall Pharaoh heed me, for I am of uncircumcised lips. So here's how I see it. Moses wants a reality check with the Lord. And he's saying to the Lord something like this. Lord, it doesn't really look good. It's not looking good to me. It's not looking like this is going to work. I've already talked to the children of Israel. They can't pay attention to what I'm saying. And now you want me to go to Pharaoh, and I don't know why you think that's going to work any better. Verse 13. I find this particularly interesting. Because i thought about all the things the Lord could have done. He could have said, oh, little Mo, I know this is hard. And you had such a difficult childhood. Think of all the things that the Lord could say. But he didn't. He said, verse 13, to Moses and to Aaron, he gave them an order for the children of Israel and for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. So he tells Moses, together with Moses' brother Aaron, you go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. The Lord is saying this to someone who's doing a reality check and saying to the Lord, I don't think this is going to work. And the Lord says, Do it. Do it. And there are times when you will not see the hand of God moving until you start doing what He said to do. And then you'll see the hand of God at work for you. So the Lord tells them to go to Pharaoh anyway. And the Lord knows Pharaoh's heart is hard, and he knows it will get even harder. But Moses can't give up just because of that, because there is spiritual warfare going on. And I want to connect that for all of us. God gives you opportunities, great opportunities, to serve him, to serve his purposes. And you will face opposition as you try to move forward. And I want to describe three guardrails that can keep you on the right path, and then we're going to look at spiritual warfare and an important scripture around that. Three guardrails. And I, I say guardrails because I've had the experience of driving in many mountainous areas. I grew up in the Blue Ridge Mountains in Virginia, and I love to drive in the mountains. I, I also lived in Europe. My wife and I lived in Europe for many years. And so we have driven in many mountainous areas, in the Italian Alps, in the French Alps, in the Swiss Alps. We've driven on roads that were kind of scary. And I remember being on a mountain road in Europe, pretty high up, and there were no guardrails on the side of the road. And we were on the side of the road that was on the cliff side of the road. You know what I mean by that? If you go off the road, you go off the cliff. That's unnerving for me. I much prefer to drive on roads that have guardrails. And one of the purposes of the guardrail is to help you avoid going off the cliff. It's not that I feel better if I know I can bounce off of the guardrail I feel better because I can keep on the road a little bit more easily knowing there's a guardrail. It gives me a boundary. That's why I'm describing these things as a guardrail. If you want to stay on the path, it's good to have guardrails so that you don't go off the path. Not so that you're constantly bumping into the guardrails. I'm not talking about that. It's so that if you are aiming towards a guardrail, you know to Get back on the right path, clearly, because it's safer. So I'll give you three guardrails, very simple, from what we've been reading. Number one, keep your eyes on the Lord. That's a guardrail. If your eyes are on something else, figure out how to get your eyes back on the Lord. Number two, remember it's a spiritual battle and spiritual warfare. That's number two. People forget this. And number three, don't try to escape or run away or give up or give in. If that's what you're tempted to do, then get back on the road. So we're in the middle of a spiritual battle, spiritual warfare, you can't escape it, but you may not always recognize it. And when you do recognize it, you'll realize that the world is marked by spiritual warfare. It's there all the time. You cannot flee to the mountains, you can't get away. You could ask Moses this, you could ask Elijah, they tried. God found Moses when Moses was in the mountains. And he sent him into Egypt, into the battle. God found Elijah when Elijah was hiding in a cave in the mountains. And he sent him right back into the battle. You and I are called to engage in life and to live in the midst of a spiritual war. Spiritual war. Let's say that together. Spiritual war. Spiritual wars have many spiritual battles. It is in such difficult times in spiritual warfare that we discover the power of God. That's when God shows us how great he is. But many people have this fantasy notion that if you win this battle, there is no more war. And I want you to think carefully about that. Do you think that when God called Israel out of Egypt, there was a spiritual battle. Yes? And do you think that spiritual battle ended when Israel went out from Egypt? No. When God led Israel to the Red Sea, it was spiritual warfare. Do you think the spiritual warfare ended when Israel crossed the Red Sea? No. When God called Moses up to Mount Sinai, there was spiritual warfare. Do you think the spiritual warfare ended when Moses was up on the mountain with the Lord? No. Oh. You see, this is, this is not even a pop quiz. You're thinking about it. It's important to think, but it's not difficult to come up with the answers. When Israel was promised the land of Canaan, there was spiritual warfare. Do you think that the spiritual warfare ended when the children of Israel crossed the Jordan and went into the promised land? No, it didn't end. When Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal, it was spiritual warfare. And do you think the spiritual warfare ended when God answered him with fire? No. When Yeshua was born, there was spiritual warfare. Do you think that the spiritual warfare ended when Yeshua escaped the sword of Herod? No. When God called you into his kingdom, there was spiritual warfare. Do you think it ended when you said yes? (laughs) No, it didn't. I'm, I'm telling you this because God does call us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son, But that doesn't mean he calls us out of spiritual warfare, but rather into spiritual warfare. It continues. You can't escape. And you have to learn to fight spiritually to win. And we're going to look at Ephesians 6 as our closing scripture so that we can see the importance of all this. Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong, period. If you've turned in the Scriptures, you know that it's not a period there. Be strong in the Lord in the strength of His power, His might. Then verse 11, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of the evil in heavenly places. For this reason, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm, to remain standing. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Sometimes the fiery darts of the evil one just need to be extinguished with the shield of faith. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So here's the Here's the direction. Learn to be strong in the strength of the Lord. Let the weak say, I am strong. It's not by my might. It's not by my power. It's by the Spirit of God. That doesn't mean we don't need might. It doesn't mean we don't need power. It's just that there are some circumstances when it's not by those things, it's by the power of God that we will have our victories. And we need to learn to take the strength of the Lord. And why do we need to put on the whole armor of God? The reason is because we will be attacked in every every area that the armor can protect us with. In every area. Sometimes you're attacked in your mind, the way you think. Sometimes it's in your emotions. Sometimes it's regarding truth. Sometimes it's regarding righteousness. Put on the whole armor of God because you're going to need it all. And then I like this. In all circumstances, it says take up the shield of faith, extinguish fiery darts from the evil one, put on the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit. And I want to speak just one word about this. Praying in the Spirit is important. Praying with your spiritual language, then praying with understanding. It is important to use the spiritual language that God gives you through what can be called the baptism of the Holy Spirit or immersion in the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the prayer in the Spirit, followed by prayer with understanding, is very, very important. There are many ways that spiritual language can be used, but praying in the Spirit is important. And praying in the Spirit until we get an understanding is important, and then praying with understanding is important. These are powerful, powerful ways that the Lord gives us that we can use to have victory. And I know many people wrestle with these things about how to understand praying in the Spirit, and I can help you with that. Um, I'm glad to help you with that because I think the Scriptures are very helpful. But I want to tell you it's important. There are certain things that God wants to do in response to prayer when you pray in the Spirit and then with understanding. But if you don't pray in the Spirit, you won't have the understanding. You may pray, but not necessarily with understanding. You may pray a generic prayer. You may pray a useless prayer. You may pray a misdirected prayer. But the gift of the Holy Spirit and spiritual language has as one of its most important uh, uses to pray until we get understanding and then we pray with that understanding. More to come on that later. Not today. Not later today. I'm going to close with this. We have a promise that God will be with us, that we will know personally that he's brought us out of darkness and dark situations. We will know that he sustains us and that we can remain standing. And we'll find our strength in the Lord. And when all is said and done, we will remain standing firm. So I want you to hold on to that i want to strengthen you in that if you want to take this to heart stand up right now i just want to pray for you lord i pray that we would be strong in you and in the power of your might i pray lord that we would be faithful to you i pray that you would pour out your holy spirit on all flesh and blood young and old male and female jew and gentile slave and free that every one of us would be filled with your Spirit and receive gifts from your Spirit that enable us to pray in the Spirit and to pray with our understanding. I pray, Lord, that we could unite together the spiritual gifts, the fruit of the Spirit, and the use of our minds, our understanding, our wisdom, our knowledge, our experience. And I pray that our faith, our courage, and our hope would be strong in these days and that your light would shine on us and through us to others in these dark times. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. We're going to close with Aaron's blessing. You don't have to stand by yourself. If if you are by yourself, you have the freedom to move so that you're not alone. And for those of you who are listening by podcast or on live stream, I want to encourage you to consider standing with us financially. You can find out all the information on our webpage, bethisraelnow.com giving. Shalom. <speaking in Hebrew> May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. So from Sandy and me and the whole Beth Israel team, thanks for joining us. Shabbat shalom, everyone.